0: Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Friday, February 5th, and this is your FT News Briefing. The global auto industry is hurting from a shortage of computer chips. And so German car makers are trying to come up with a workaround. Meanwhile, company directors in the UK could face personal liability for their company's accounting. And nursing homes in Japan use lots of robots. The FT's Leo Lewis explains how they're actually bringing economic benefits to the aging society. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. We've been talking a lot about how the pandemic has disrupted global supply chains. Car makers are really feeling that pain. Across the auto industry, production's been cut and workers have been furloughed. Now, German carmakers are considering an overhaul of their supply chain. The FT's Motor Industry Correspondent, Peter Campbell, has more on this. Hi, Peter. Hi. Peter, you've been reporting on the chip shortage and how it's affecting carmakers. How bad is the chip shortage?
1: Well, the chip shortage is pretty bad, actually, and it seems to affect carmakers all over the world. So early on in January, some of the carmakers said they were having problems getting semiconductors to go into their vehicles. It was actually causing some of them to slow down or even have to stop production. So we've seen Nissan and Honda have to stop production in some countries, including Honda's plant in the UK. We've seen more recently General Motors this week have to stop production. We've seen companies such as Audi and even Ford, uh, we saw had to slow production of its F-150 flagship truck in the US because of many conductor shortages. So this is a, a global issue and an industry-wide
0: issue. And the story that came out today uh, about German car makers, what could their supply chain overhaul look like?
1: So to understand what they're suggesting, we need to understand a little bit about how the global car industry works. So right now, car makers in their vehicle factories take delivery of parts from all over the world and hold very, very little actual stock on the floor. They use what's called a just-in-time delivery system where parts arrive at the factory, sometimes hours, sometimes even minutes before they're needed on the line, which ideally never stops moving. Wow. So if you get a delay in parts coming in or you get a supplier that falls over, car makers often have to scramble incredibly quickly to try and find a backup supplier or have some other contingency in place in order to keep the lines moving. Now, what the boss of Porsche and the boss of Mercedes-Benz owner Daimler told us is actually that they would consider having heavier inventories of semiconductors. So if there is a shortage, if there is a problem, then they've got backup chips that they can put in the cars. And one reason the industry's had such a problem because of this is because so many of the chips come from one place. They all come from a very limited number of suppliers in Taiwan. And those suppliers have had
0: problems meeting all the demands. So what's the effect that this change could have on consumers if, if there's any effect at all? All it means realistically is if you're going to buy a new car.
1: You'll have to wait a bit longer. Already, if you order a new car today, depending what model it is, it could well be that you will have to wait several weeks, sometimes even several months. For the luxury models, it might be a year. It's likely that consumers will have to wait, if they are buying a new car straight out the factory, a little bit longer to get their
0: vehicle. Peter Campbell covers the auto industry for the FT. Thank you, Peter. Thank you. Company executives in the UK could face tough new liability rules. Long-awaited corporate governance reforms are expected out soon. There are a response to a series of accounting scandals. Now, if they go into effect, directors will be held personally liable for the accuracy of their company's financial statements. There also might be new rules for reporting environmental and social obligations. The reforms could raise costs for businesses, and that's a concern, since so many have been hit hard by the pandemic. It could also make it harder for UK officials who are trying to attract companies, especially tech companies, to list on UK exchanges. Now, let's go to Japan for a look at how robots are increasing employment in nursing homes. Robot technology often sparks fears about lost jobs and lower wages. But in Japan, where the FT's Asia business editor, Leo Lewis, is based, there's a love for robots.
2: That affection has really grown as those robots have actually lived up to some of the promise that sort of 20, 30 years ago, and uh, you know, partly that's AI and partly better software and so on. And Japan has, has sort of seen that this is a big opportunity, particularly because of its demographic situation as an aging society.
0: Leo's been reporting on a new study of robots in nursing homes and the impact they have on jobs. I asked Leo about how robots are used in Japanese nursing homes.
2: So over the years, there's been a development of a lot of robots, both for actively moving people around.
0: When you say actively moving them around, you mean like picking them up, or, or just like transferring them from room to room?
2: Yeah, that's right. No, sort of helping t- to lift people up. Jobs in the past have been done, uh, you know, by humans. Now they're assisting the humans with that. Also. You've got uh, monitoring of people's health, so the jobs that would previously be done by human beings going around and checking on the health of people as they slept or as they rested. That's now performed by either sort of permanently stationed sensors or by moving sensors that can be transferred around.
0: So, Leo, you said that these jobs had been done by humans. Um, Do we know what the impact of these robots have had on the number of staff and their pay levels?
2: Well, the the research that we referred to in the article that we wrote was fascinating because it surveyed more than 800 Japanese care homes. It was the first study that had really looked into what they're calling service robots, so robots that aren't part of a sort of factory and automated manufacturing line. And what they actually found was that in the care homes where there's been big adoption of, of robots of one type or another, it actually raised the employment and had an impact on the ability to retain staff, of course, at a difficult time for that in, in Japan because of its demographic issues.
0: Just, Could you unpack that a little bit? How, how did it positively impact employment? I'm, I'm curious.
2: Well, you've got a lot of care homes that have got a mixture of permanent staff and semi-permanent staff. And what it was doing, according to the results of this survey, was it was actually raising the amount of non-permanent staff. So it seemed that the robots were freeing the permanent staff up to spend more time on the sort of important jobs that they've been trained for and therefore bringing in or creating opportunities for employment elsewhere within those care homes, which also I think were able to take in perhaps more patients as well.
0: What do you think the care home case that we're talking about here tells us about the future uses of robot technology, particularly in the health and and care sectors, you know, in and outside of Japan?
2: Well, I think that the reason that this report and we highlighted it, and the reason that the, the, the authors of the report think it's so important is that, you know, where, where goes Japan on this? Uh, you know, a lot of the developed world uh, may very well follow. Japan, in that sense, is a bit of an experimental hotbed, uh, particularly for robots. And so care homes are an obvious place where if you've got a, a sort of long term shortage of workforce and sort of replacing them with functional robots that actually do something useful makes sense, makes economic sense. And, there's always been this big controversy about whether that will actually sort of steal jobs from people. And here is a report that's sort of suggesting, actually, you can imagine a scenario in which robots are working alongside humans and and that that's a sort of rather positive relationship.
0: Leo Lewis is the FT's Asia business editor. And before we go, the NBA is opening the door to institutional investors, and the FT reports that a buyout group based in Luxembourg is in talks to buy a stake in the San Antonio Spurs basketball team. CVC Capital Partners is looking to buy 15% of the club at a valuation of $1.3 billion. The Spurs are owned by the Holt family, which founded the Caterpillar Corporation. A deal wouldn't be too unusual. There's been a rush of private equity into all kinds of sports teams. The pandemic has left clubs around the world seeking new cash injections. But a deal to buy a stake in the Spurs is not yet a slam dunk. Private capital groups still need league approval for minority stake bids. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back next week for the latest business news. The FT News Briefing is produced by Fiona Simon and me, Mark Filipino. Our editor is Jess Smith. We had help from Gavin Coleman, Michael Bruning, and Amy Keene. Our theme song is by Metaphor Music. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant.